Hello and welcome to season four of the Another Startup Story podcast. I'm your host, Carmen Tang, and the aim of this podcast is to educate and inspire you through your entrepreneurial journey as a new or well-seasoned entrepreneur. I'm so excited you've joined us today because we have a beautiful guest with us on the show. Joining us all the way from London, we have Pia Mance, who is a content creator. She's also a model and an influencer. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about how she built her personal brand and her Instagram. She's currently got over 69,000 followers. We'll also be sharing tips and tricks on how she marketed herself, um, looking through photography, mood board creations and color palettes. And we'll also be talking about how to utilize your social media to your best advantage in order to grow your business or personal brands. So please welcome Pia on the show. Thanks for thanks for joining. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm good, thank you. How are you going? Great. Yeah, I'm good. It's it's evening over here and I guess it's kind of afternoon on your side and you've just finished wrapping up on a shoot, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's freezing. It's one degree outside. It's actually, wow, that's crazy. But you guys have yeah. just come out of lockdown. So in a nutshell, how would you, if you had to describe this word in one year, um, how would you describe it? Oh, honestly, I... I guess crazy. This year's been crazy. There's definitely been some really low lows. At the start mm. of the year, my then boyfriend was like really stressing with work, blah, blah, blah. It was a super stressful period of time. But then we had some highs because we got a puppy. And then we had some more highs because we got engaged. And then we got married. So it's just been a crazy year, I guess, because there's crazy stuff going on in the world. But yeah, we've had wow. some really good times as well. Yeah. On a personal side, are really good, you know, good memories. As if you got married this year, it's incredible. I actually have quite a few friends who got married this year as well, um, which is crazy. But congratulations! Just for um, you. you know the benefit um, of our audience, do you want to share a bit more about yourself, where you're from? Because um, you're currently living in London, but you definitely have an Aussie accent. Um, so <laughs> yeah, share a bit more about your background. So I'm from Australia. I grew up in Melbourne and I moved to London when I was 21 with my boyfriend for his job. And I moved because I, I'd grown up doing modeling as a job. So I thought I'll just model in London. I moved my degree from Melbourne to do it online. And so mm-hmm. I kept studying while I'm in London and I graduated my PR degree and was modeling. And then alongside, I was doing Instagram for fun, but I guess I was just taking more photos of myself than the average person. And then I kind of built up a following and started working with brands. And yeah, that's how it all happened. And now we've lived here for three years. We've got a house, we've got a puppy. So we're all settled. Wow. So are you looking to ever go back to Australia, do you think? Or are you very much settled Um, in London? (laughs) One day I pray that we get to Sydney. so I said we grew, I grew up in Melbourne. Well, we both did actually. We've been together mm. since we were 16 years old. But um, yeah, mm. I'd love to live in Sydney one day because I love the beach, but we will see. How did you guys meet? We met through friends. Uh, I had a friend and she had an older sister who was in his year level because he's one year older. And then we just right, bumped right. into each other at a swimming pool. <laughs> That's so cute. I think like yeah, nowadays exactly. it's very rare you find, you know, people have been together since they were 16. So, you know, it's kind of, you've got to treasure those, um, those more organic um, uh, relationships, I guess. 
Um, yeah, yeah. So totally. you said you came. You said you came to you came to London from um, Australia, right? And you were modeling, and you've been studying a PR degree. So, can you tell us a bit more about your transition between working and were you blogging at spare, in your spare time? And you also have a YouTube channel, right? So, how did you kind of yeah. get into this world of you know? So when I was younger in Australia, everyone just kind of downloaded the Instagram app and was posting photos. And I did a photo shoot with a really big model at the time. She's still really big, actually. And she posted a photo of me and tagged Mm. me in it. And I left my phone upstairs on charge, went downstairs, had dinner, came back upstairs, and I'd gotten 5,000 followers in like two hours, which is crazy. Yeah, from that one post, like that would never, ever, ever happen these days. It's just the algorithm. Everything's changed. So that kind of snowballed it and it already built Mm. up a following from my own. So I had maybe like just under 10,000. And then this was while I was in school. So I was just posting a lot of regular life, but I was modeling. So I had a lot of modeling photos. And then, you know, people in the industry would tag me and I would take photos Mm -hmm. of makeup and people found it interesting. And then when I moved to London, I also do a lot of traveling, by the way. I travel a lot. So I was posting a lot of travel photos. And then when I moved here, everyone from Australia was really interested in the London lifestyle. And I started posting more outfits. So that's kind of how I grew my following. And then with YouTube, I, I don't know. A lot of people just asked me to start a YouTube channel, just followers. They wanted to get to know me better. So I started it. I don't post on it as regularly as I should just because it's Mm. super time consuming. And, you know, often I go to film and then I'll realize like, oh, the house is filthy or like, oh, my camera's about to die. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm just not that good at it. But uh, I love talking and I love talking to camera. And I just wish that it would be interesting if I sat and chatted for an hour on the screen. But I just don't think it would be. So I don't know. Maybe I'll pick it up again soon. But I really enjoy doing YouTube. Yeah, that's interesting. Would you ever think about going into film? Because, you know, most models kind of, like, if they enjoy talking, they tend to um, diversify into, yeah, film film and acting. Uh, I don't know about acting. I used to really want to do it when I was younger. I did classes and stuff. I mean, mm. I wouldn't say no to an acting opportunity, but for me, it's more presenting. I've done a little bit of presenting things and I think I prefer to be myself. Like I'm quite chatty. I like making friends. I prefer to be myself and be presenting rather than be acting as another character, I think, but never say no. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard. I think I've done like a couple of like castings for like commercials and even though it's not acting that per se, but you are essentially embodying a different character. And so, you know, it's like acting is just the hardest thing. I didn't even realize you don't realize it until you're trying to do it and you're in front of the camera. Um, and you're trying to, you know, emote these different emotions and stuff. But um, yeah, so, so you know, you started posting more. How did you kind of, for anyone who's looking to, I guess, like get into the flow of creating content, I think it kind of com- comes quite naturally for you. And even for myself, it took a while for me to, some people ask me, like, how do you create content ideas? And now it just comes natural. But I think, at the early stages, I don't know if you experience the same thing. It's sometimes quite hard to come up with content or even have, you know, your kind of your style. Do you know what I mean? And I think the more you do, yeah. you kind of find it. You're in flow. But how would you? How did you find it? And how would you find people who are like kind of really mature or people who are even starting a business, not necessarily a personal brand, to, you know, create that kind of mood board, that that content that really isn't engaging. 
Uh, I think you you need to start by just doing it. I think if you mood board it too much and try and make it all perfect and try and get other people's ideas, I don't know, it just doesn't seem supernatural and organic. Mm. So you definitely just need to start by doing and you'll see what works for you. And I've gone through many different styles of things that I like and posting, you know, all different kind of types of things. But mm. um I think, yeah, and if you're going to mood board, I just got on Pinterest. It's so good. I had no idea. Just now. It's so inspiring. What? Yeah. I, like I've I'm looked obsessed. at it before for like nail inspo, yeah. but now I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's incredible. <laughs> is- um, so I'd say get on Pinterest, make some mood boards, but don't like try. I know a lot of content creators have a photo in mind to copy and they copy it mm. to the exact centimeter the arm is yeah, yeah. to the left like it's crazy <laughs> I 100% would do not have do that. a lot of people and I would, we yeah, can come on to that, that later yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I think just try be yourself and also just try and be a bit candid for me when I take photos mm. I'm having fun I'm with a friend and we'll take a few before dinner it's not it's not super posed or super planned mm. out so yeah just depends yeah, so can we talk a bit about taking candid photos? Because I think that is like an art in itself, like trying to be candid and not, I mean, it must be so easy for you because, you know, obviously you've been modeling since you were young, but for people who are trying to, even like lifestyle bloggers who who aren't, you know, that modeling is not their main forte, but they still need to create content and build a persona, a personal brand, essentially. Yeah, so for me, it's been so easy coming from modeling because I actually love you know, creating the image. Uh, the hardest part mm. for me is making sure the photographer gets the angle that I want. Yeah. But I would say you have to have fun with it. You have to be in a good mood every time you take photos. There's no point taking photos when you're in a bad mood and there's no point taking photos mm. in bad lighting. So either meet up with a friend or meet up with, you know, another content creator and just take a load. I would mm. say get them to take them on live and just snap, 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 move around, smile, whatever, change your angle, then have a look at them and try again because, yeah, there's nothing worse than getting it to the exact, like, angle, like I was saying before. I think it's much better to kind of snap away and get in-the-moment photos. Um, Mm. And I would also say if you get your partner to take them, it can sometimes cause a strain on your relationship because, yeah, it depends what you do. I mean, if it's for your job, I'm sure they'll understand, but I know a lot of friends struggle with their partners if they're... um, forcing them to take photos all day long yeah I guess when you're traveling and it's like you know, it's funny when you talk about uh the concept of the Instagram boyfriend but you know the actual boyfriend behind the scenes is just like I do I that is not my goal in life you know so it can be quite yeah exactly understand. I mean I remember yeah. when I was traveling me and my sister and she's a she's like a fitness influencer so she's in the fitness space now in Sydney and um, God, the amount of pictures she would make me take. I mean, obviously it was very much a two-way process, but she was like, it has to be like the right angle. And it just caused a lot of friction and arguments between us. Like I was losing my patience, but so do, yeah, do you usually sure. take your photos? <laughs> um, uh, all different people. I kind of go through stages of finding mm. a friend to take them. The thing with London is a lot of people move here if you're Australian, yeah. you get a two-year visa. So a lot of people come right, and go. Right. I've been here three years. So some people, you know, I met towards the end of their visa, they've gone. So with content, I've kind of changed a lot. I have a group of friends mm. that I kind of surf, 
like circulate. We meet up one day every two weeks or something. And then there's a right. few photographers that I use. Um, if I'm doing a lot of paid content, I might pay them for the day to just smash out some really good photos. Or I will ask my husband or, yeah, whoever I'm with really. But, you know, if I if I see that someone I'm with is not going to work, I don't push it. So if they take right, a few right, and they're just not good, I'll just be like, oh, thank you so much. I would never be like, retake, retake, retake. It's, it's yeah, such yeah. a strain for people that don't understand. It's a really yeah, totally. tricky kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And I think you have to have people who want to be able to do it and you can't force someone to you know keep taking trying different angles it has to be like enjoyable for them and vice versa no that's really interesting yeah, exactly. I think um yeah I was speaking to I don't know if you know Nadi Anya but she's like a fashion she's a fashion influencer um but also within you know makeup as well and she was saying how her boyfriend or her sister pretty much takes all her photos it's crazy but they very much know her angles and they know exactly which you know which way they know her style right so yeah they know what she likes yeah yeah, yeah, totally. So in terms of, I kind of want to talk a bit more about um, before before we go on to like your inspiration and where you get inspiration for fashion, you know, obviously you have a lot of shots within uh, working with different brands. So I'd love to know a bit more about how you find your style. But firstly, I'd love to know what kind of, um, are there any specific um, editing or photography tools or platforms or apps that you would recommend for people to use? Yes, I use VSCO, uh, which is an app, and another app called Tezza, which I really, really like. And then when I edit my videos, I'm just going to quickly check my little photo thing. When I edit my videos, I use iMovie and I do it on my laptop because often the videos are so small, so it's just easier to have it on your laptop. And then I use an app called Unfold for my stories, oh, which makes them I used to use that. Really cute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like and... I use an app called UNUM, so UNUM, I think. Oh, I I, yeah, I've heard of that one too. Is that what was And that, that like in? lines up your grid. So yes, you can yes, like plan good. what photos you're going to post next or, yeah. So those mm. are the ones I use. But honestly, I don't overly edit my photos. I just turn down the brightness usually. Sometimes I straighten it up. Sometimes mm. I put a small filter on. But I really like shooting in good light and I really like shooting on my film camera as well. So often people ask me, oh, what filter is this? But it's just straight off my film camera. Like I take it on the camera mm. and then I take it to the shop and get it developed. So, yeah. Wow, that's like the old-fashioned cameras. <laughs> it's crazy yeah. to think yeah, yeah, yeah. that's always so cool. That's what I grew up using, you know. yeah. Yeah, so so in terms of, you know, your styling and I guess that like, you shoot for so many different brands, so you definitely pick up inspiration through that. But do you do you have any kind of like favorite go-to handles or go-to accounts that you um, you know, get inspiration from? How would you describe your your style? Uh, well, I think I don't know, there's a lot of different styles on Instagram. I personally mm. don't want to be an influencer or a fashion influencer. I'd rather just be PR. So I'm kind of mm. trying to get back to that because I lost that for a little while and I was just, you know, sort of posting a lot of clothes and things that I liked, but it wasn't really showing my personality and showing mm -hmm. what I do so yeah I I get inspiration from a lot of people in terms of fashion like I love Josephine I love Endlessly Love Club I love my friend Sophia she has the best outfits but probably my favorite person on Instagram is Matilda Jerf she's just 
so gorgeous yeah, with her daughter inside right? and out and no, yeah she is um, this the same one no i don't think, think so she's swedish yeah, yeah swedish. and she has a baby she has like a baby girl no she doesn't have she has a dog <laughs> um but yeah she's gorgeous she's such a sweet she's such a sweet girl like she's so kind to her followers she's so real like and mm -hmm. honest about everything but also her content is so beautiful as well so i really like her and she she just shows her personality so that's probably mm -hmm. my biggest inspiration because i would want to be like that too and share you know my real thoughts with my followers yeah and how do you think, you know, aside from kind of posting more like live stories where people really get to understand who you are behind the, you know, behind the shoot, behind the camera. And I think a lot of times, even for people trying to build a personal brand, yes, you have the grid, which is very much filtered and, and created and it's beautiful, but it's quite hard to understand who the person is behind the camera. Um, but I think stories is a good opportunity to do that, right? And how, how else do you kind of engage with your followers more and let them kind of yeah get to know your personality uh, i would say definitely stories igtv videos if you have a youtube you can talk but mm. i also really like posting carousel photos i might make the first photo like an aesthetic photo and then the rest are like swipe across to like my coffee or a podcast i like or you know silly photos mm. or photos with friends stuff like that just kind of showing the whole day instead of just showing one photo of the outfit i'm like no this is the whole day we got breakfast then we went to the museum then we did this then we mm -hmm. did that i like doing that i like um dming my followers as well if they ask me a question i will reply or i'll send a voice note back to them as well because to be honest the reason is my hands are always freaking freezing um i'm always walking around and i can't tie i do not but miss I love, that in london <laughs> yeah i know i love just um you know just talking well, you know i'm a big like, fan oh, of she's a real person. yeah oh my voice God. Send you today. <laughs> i had sent me a voice note and i was like walking up a hill I, obviously in singapore it's like really humid i was like i sound like i'm out of breath but you know it's all good literally i was worried um, about you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um uh, yeah, so we were talking more about um, creating an authentic uh, persona, I guess. I kind of want to talk a bit more about, you know, working with brands because obviously, you know, being an influencer or like working, creating content and whatever you want to call it, it's, it's such a new industry, right? And um, in the past, mm -hmm. like being, part, I'm, I'm sure you're, you're part of a modeling agency before you, and you have an agency who writes through contracts, but now I'm sure you do a lot of work outside of your agency and, and what, you know, the campaigns that he assigned he or she assigns you to do how have you find found working with brands in general and you know what have you experienced any difficult situations where they kind of you feel like brands are kind of you know taking advantage of it because i'm part of this facebook group which is like essentially creative influencers and there's just <laughs> the commentary that goes on there is hilarious it's like today i was this brand tried to get me to post 10 posts for like one free mascara um you know and so i'd love to yeah. hear your insight and your stories on how how you found working for brands uh to be honest i think well i'm 24 now and i think i'm really mature for my age and i have a degree in pr and uh, so i sort of can see both understand. sides of it i can yeah. see the pr emails coming to me and then i can sort of understand their side so i would mm. say i'm really really strong uh, I've got a strong 
like sense of myself. I know what I'm willing mm. to do and not to do. So yeah, brands can say like, oh, wait, we'd love to send you this free mascara um, in exchange for 10 grid posts. And I just say like, <laughs> hi, I'm sorry, I'm only working to sponsored posts at the moment or like, hi, I'd love to receive, but I can't guarantee imagery. I'm just flat out. I would never promise something that I'm not going to do. I mm. never promise things that later I will regret. I Like that's yeah. the worst thing for me if I go, oh, I told a brand I'd do this, but I just really don't want to. So I'm really mm-hmm. firm with all of that and I'm really firm with my pricing as well. Obviously, you know, I'm flexible in terms of like we can negotiate and this and that, but if someone is offering me way less than what I have said, I just say like, okay, no worries. Mm. Hope to work with you in the future. Like I'm not, you know, selling myself out just to get every single job. Um, I haven't really had many bad experiences, to be honest. I think people can sort of see that it's no, like it's just what you get with me. So they don't really try, Mm -hmm. but I have had a brand in the past, um, say to me because I do it all myself now for socials well I'm doing it myself at the moment I might sign with a socials agency soon but I've had a brand say like oh I'm sorry you know this made no sales um so unfortunately we can't work with you in the future and they took months to pay and I was Mm. really skeptical on this because I'm like this doesn't make sense it's made no sales because it wasn't a tracked link so and I kept saying to them are you sure because you never gave me a tracked link so how do you know that it's made no sales Anyway, I ended up asking another influencer who'd worked with them and they came back to me with the same story and said, don't worry, me and two others, because she'd asked two other people who'd worked with the same brand, Uh like me and two others have um, not been paid and the brand is saying that we haven't made any sales. So they're not Mm. working with us again or paying us. So like that kind of stuff happens, but you just need to say, well, you know what? Making sales wasn't actually part of the agreement. Like you said, for me to post. So I still need to be paid. And then that brand came back to me three months later and said, mm-hmm. hi, we'd love to, you know, pay for some more posts this month. And I'm like, so I did make sales? You know, I just yeah. said no. I was like, I don't think we align. Thanks anyway. Bye. Yeah, totally. And that's the thing. I think a lot of, you know, sometimes a lot of these, even like beauty brands, especially in the beauty and fashion space, they're mainly startups and they don't do things, you know, sort of proper SOP and proper standards and procedures and, Actually, I mean, do you generally sign contracts that do have kind of like a filter for um, in terms of like the business side of things and before you agree to work with someone or is it very kind of word of mouth because you're kind of putting your trust in them in a way that they will pay you on time or even at all? Um, Uh, Depends on the job, to be honest. Some are by contract and some are just over email. I would never do it over the phone, you know, on with voice it's always in writing somehow yes so I usually you know keep it in email and I'll follow it up in email being like okay just to clarify this is the fee this is the deliverables this is the payment terms etc but usually Mm. I haven't really run into any trouble and yeah I think you know it's a tricky business for brands to not pay an influencer because they're paying the influencer to promote their product so I'm going to go promote the product and then if they don't pay me I can turn around and say to Mm -hmm. all my followers you know this yeah. brand doesn't pay or like not that I probably would do that but it's a risky game for them to play so I don't think they wouldn't mm-hmm. pay yeah that's true in terms of like because I think you know we work with a lot of creatives who are business owners or having starting their own startup or even like you know people who are creating content in exchange for some kind of you know monetary value and we always talk about different 
different formats of pricing. So pricing based on what you want to charge and based on your personal goals, but also pricing um, a specific client. So sometimes you price a you price the project based on the client because you know they have a larger budget. Do you have any kind of tips and tricks on how you go about structuring your pricing for different brands? Or is that does that go through your modeling agency a lot of the times? Uh, I would say I would never go. You, you have to think because, yeah, you're right. Sometimes if you're working with a huge company, you have to consider that they would have a big budget and that they were they're going to mm-hmm. use your images. Whereas if you're working with a tiny, tiny startup that's just launched, it's going to be, they're going to have a mm-hmm. different budget. But I would say never sacrifice what you're willing to work for. So even if it's a tiny brand, I still need to be happy with the money or the fee or what I'm getting in return because I don't want to work for someone. Not that I don't want to work for nothing. I'm super happy to help people out and I do it all the time. But, you know, you just have mm-hmm. to be careful because you don't want to be thinking that you've been taken advantage of so you should always be happy with you know what you're getting uh I think that's really Mm. important and then I also think I've heard from you know some advice I've been given in the past is if you want two hundred dollars say you say you want 250 because they're going to come back and say oh we've only got 150 and you'll say fine I'll do it for 200 so Mm -hmm. always oversell yourself if you think they're going to negotiate yeah yeah yeah, totally. And I think um, also another thing that I've learned just is it's kind of like psychology in a way. And it's really bad because I think a lot of like girls, female, women in general tend to hate negotiation. And there was actually a study done that at, um, whereby they looked at females who were basically pitching for a promotion for themselves. And then also there was a like one test and the second test was negotiating for like a pay rise or a promotion for a guy, like a male counterpart. And the results were that the second test for the females, you know, trying to negotiate on behalf of the male actually did way better. And it maybe it's kind of like a self-confidence thing or something, but, you know, generally when it yeah. comes to negotiating, especially creatives who aren't as business savvy, you tend to sell yourself short. And it's so sad to see, you know. Yeah, totally. I think it's like it's hard to explain the best parts of yourself. If you said, Pia, what are your favorite parts of your face or what are your favorite parts of your work? <laughs> it's kind of hard to say yeah. things you love about yourself and sell yourself because, you know, you always have that self-doubt or that people are judging you. Mm. So I think it kind of comes back to that. But I think my advice would be to creatives that have trouble doing that. Just focus on the creative part and get an agency to help you. Someone or an agent Mm. that you trust or a friend or a manager, if you can't do it yourself, you know, and I can imagine that will cause them a lot of anxiety, you know, staring at an email for ages and typing and deleting, you know, it takes up so Mm -hmm. much time if you're not good at it. Um, For me, it's not really a problem. I feel really confident doing it. I don't know why. It's so random. <laughs> like, I don't know why this no, happens to me, but I, I feel really confident doing that. Yeah, but I, I do agree. It doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. Um, and so, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you mentioned something about how, you know, sometimes, you know, essentially you are the product in a way. You're not selling, like, another product or a service or pitching for anything else. How have you found, like, just... Can you share a bit more about your modeling, you know, in your journey so far and um, how how you've dealt with failure? Because I think that's exactly the same concept for a lot of people who are starting new ventures and are having to just face like rejection and failure after failure. Like, um, yeah. I think the same concept is the same for, you know, modeling. And 
but it's even more harder because well, you are the product right <laughs> yeah I it it's taught me a lot the modeling industry I think firstly I think social media you know you see some girl or whatever owns her own brand and you might be like oh that is incredible she's doing so well but you have no idea how many hardships or failures she's gone through to get mm. there so social media is always going to kind of show the best part so you can't really compare yourself and you have to understand that it's all part of the journey but I think with modeling and failures I mean there's I went for modeling I've been modeling since I was 14 and never was there wow. a time in my life where I would be working every single day. Like I think there's been two weeks, in maybe three weeks in my entire modeling career where I was working five days a week. And the rest of the time, you know, there's modeling jobs happening five days a week in multiple different jobs. So these mm. are all jobs that I didn't get, if that makes sense. Like there's always work right, that right, I wasn't I working that often. So I guess you could you know, called, they're not failures, but like, it's not as if I was crazy busy. And then in terms mm-hmm. of agencies, I was dropped twice in London by my agencies. Um, and that, Why? I guess you would, can, I just wasn't working enough for them. I guess I have more of an Australian look, like I work really well at home, but in, in London, mm. the feedback was, she's just not really working enough. So that I felt like that was a really huge failure, but I just turned it around. I mean, I'm not really modeling that much anymore at all, especially not in London. And yeah, it's not really a failure. It's just kind of a redirection. But you have yeah, to I was just gonna say. You know, remember, like, I'm sure there's people following me on Instagram who aspire to be a model. And then to hear that, they're probably like, oh, you know, they might not have been accepted to some modeling yeah. agencies or they might have been dropped by yeah. some. And, it's totally normal. It's part of the process. Like it's fine. Just redirection. Yeah. Maybe totally. fitting in with an agency that suits you better or now I'm doing influencing instead and I much prefer it because I have so much creative control. So yeah. Mm. You're not just kind of a blank canvas for other brands to paint you how exactly. they want to, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the difference between, you know, just being a model and an influencer. Like, I don't know, how would you define the difference between like a, a passive model, I guess, someone who doesn't really take control of their own content. Yeah. And someone like you and what you do. Well, most of the time modeling, you know, you're getting paid to show up and be there for the brand. So they choose the hair, they choose the makeup, mm. you know, they choose what mm. time lunches, they choose what you're wearing. You can never say, I don't like this clothing or this hairstyle doesn't look good. It's not up to you. You're literally yeah. there to do what they say. If they say smile, you smile, whatever it is. You have no creative control. I mean, you could suggest a couple of poses, but that's about it. Whereas for me, yeah. I can choose all my poses. I can choose my hours, my hair, my makeup, what brands I work with, what how I style, everything. Yeah. yeah, so I just have so much more creative control and kind of control over my image. And in modeling as well, you know, if you want to have a brand personality, sometimes it doesn't align if you're working with brands that, aren't your style or brands that have values that don't align with you if say if you're Mm -hmm. uh, modeling alongside influencing and you have a really strong presence online talking about sustainability then it wouldn't really Mm -hmm. align for you to go and work for a fast fashion brand for their e-commerce side Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you'd probably still do it I mean there's a lot of models probably still do it to earn money so you know sometimes modeling doesn't really align with if you're trying to do other things yeah that's interesting and um, yeah, so I guess what's your overall vision 
for the future in terms of where you want to go? Like, well, what are you kind of working towards and what's the ideal? Where, where do you see Pia in the next five to 10 years? <laughs> Big question. There, <laughs> well, I'm working on a few projects at the moment, which I can't really say much about, Exciting. but hopefully, you know, if you're, yeah, if you're sure. talking to me in the next five to 10 years, um, there'll be more to it. But I'll yeah. be checking up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I want to change up what I'm doing. I don't want to rely on brands so much. I don't want to rely. I, I love creating content, but I think I want to have more of an online presence for me. And I want to move more into becoming a business owner rather than working for other brands. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a really short change. Like it's taken me 14 till 23, 24 to kind of realize that modeling for other brands is not what I want to do. And now I've only really mm-hmm. been doing influencing full time for a year. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I should kind of change it up a little. So I'm going to see. But yeah, this is the goal. This is where I hope to be going. I hope to also have a lot more travel under my belt when COVID is over. That's a really big know. you know, part of my life and spending time with friends and family. And um, yeah, being healthy and happy is definitely part of my 10 year plan, which I think a lot of people always overlook, mm-hmm. you know, it's always like, I'm going to yeah, be rich, I'm going to so start true, this, true. I'm going to start that. But I think it's important to kind of obviously be healthy and be happy every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think a lot of people kind of look at, oh, I want to start a business and get rich. But actually, if you're spending most of your time working or stuck in an office and not seeing your family or friends or even enjoying life, then what is the point of it, you know? And so I think trying to set the goalpost to be more of a holistic, you know, lifestyle and actually using entrepreneurship as a tool for freedom and to create that freedom lifestyle is is the goal you know and people like you said a lot of people overlook that so yeah you are extremely mature for your age I feel um <laughs> so just before we just before we wrap up I have a couple of kind of like fire fire questions that we usually ask um our uh, guests on the show totally yeah. you know pretty random but you just need to answer so first one being what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you've ever made and this could be like an investment of money, time, or energy. So it's going to be the investment that I made this year. I started during okay. COVID, you know, we were stuck at home in the lockdown. Mm. I started waking up at 6 a.m. I go straight to the kitchen. Depends what mood I'm in, but I'm either making a lemon water or a coffee. And then I journal I and I have <laughs> a whole routine. So, you know, it's so hard. Sometimes it's cold and the alarm goes off and then my husband that's so awkward saying husband but then he rolls over and give me a cuddle and it's so warm I don't want to leave the bed but I make myself get up I invest in myself I journal everything out I write my to-do list for the day I look at my vision board you know this is stuff that I've never ever done before and I've always kind of thought Mm. that would be great if I did but now I do it every day and you know even this morning I made myself do it and I just have such a better day and such a direction Mm. for my day so that is the biggest investment, just time for myself. And I've become, you know, a, I think a better dog mom, definitely a better wife, definitely a better friend, just by giving myself time. Yeah, totally. I always talk bang on about like a morning routine. It's honestly, it changed my life. And I've been journaling for like about five years now. And that has just been a game changer. And I think anyone who doesn't do it, just 
pick up the pen and start now. Yeah. Um, oh God, I totally agree. I totally agree. Do you, do you have like a specific method? Because for me, it's like pretty much just like a brain dump, like whatever's going through my mind, like worries, fears, or even like business ideas, I just put it down. But I was speaking to some friends the other day and they were just so reluctant to start because they were like, I need a process. Like I don't know, I can't flow and I don't know what to write. So I'm intrigued to know uh, what, whether you have one. I do. So I, my journal's pretty funny. It's very private. I sometimes my husband reads. I'm so embarrassed because I just say whatever's oh on my mind. With like, no, do you get some permission to? He like reads it over my shoulder. I'm like, stop that. And you know, sometimes <laughs> if I see something on the street that bothered me, uh, like a few weeks ago, I saw a lady being kind of rude to her child, and she was, mm-hmm. you know, this is a part of my journal entry, but she was giving him some food and it was like uh, some really processed kind of food and you know he was crying and she was being so mean to him and she just looked totally out of it and I was it upset me so much because I was like oh that poor boy you know he's being raised in such a negative environment so I journaled about that that day Um, usually when I sit down my whole process is I sit down with my coffee open my vision board which is in a big book it's not on the wall on the wall that's not on Pinterest Um, okay no, it's do cut out. out. Like, how do you? Oh, I right, make it I on, um, like, on the computer. So it's sort of like oh, wow. a looks like a collage, but it's on the computer with some photos, mm-hmm. words, stuff like that. And I have yeah. a few sections. I have um, me, business, and health. So me is like the relationships that I'm in or want to work on. And I uh, heard on a podcast that huge vision board and it had like all this stuff about business and everything and that was going really well and she forgot to put her husband on her vision board and then she noticed like their relationship wasn't really going amazing and it's funny because like that's so funny obviously we're married so like I don't really need to like think about it or like attract a husband into my life it's like, like a done married, deal, but, you know? yeah but yeah. he's on my vision board there's photos of us mm-hmm. and every single day I remind myself you know, it's not as if I want to be like the best wife, but it's just to remind yourself, like you live with someone else, you do everything in your life that you do often impacts them. Like you need to think about them every day and whatever you're doing. So first thing I do, sit down, look at my vision board. Then I look at my goals. And then there's a few other things that I have in like this book, sort of like affirmations and stuff like that. I might read those. Then Mm. I start journaling and honestly whatever comes so it's I've got a bit of a process but sometimes it's things from the day before that I want to just get mm-hmm. out sometimes I wake up yeah, feeling a bit same. anxious about the day ahead so I just say like don't worry I literally write this don't worry about this because this will be fine and this will work out and you're doing great like this it's honestly as if a baby has written it but it helps so much and then what's next so I get that out then sometimes I write three things that I did the day before that I'm really proud of or that made me happy. Mm. Then I always write three things that I'm grateful for in the morning. And then I write three things that I'm going to do today for myself. So that might be trying to read my book for 30 minutes or doing my gua sha or making a really healthy dinner. Oh, or going for I a love walk. gua sha too. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the morning routine. Then I do my to-do list. So I write mm-hmm. my journal every morning, another journal. I've got three books for the morning. Then no, I write. Um, you literally <laughs> sound just like me. I'm like, I'm that crazy book lady who has like three multiple books. 
It's so good. <laughs> so then I write out my to-do list and then I do a meditation. Some days I skip it though. And then at the end of the meditation, mm-hmm. I visualize my day because I know what I'm doing because I've got my to-do list and I just kind of visualize that yeah. it will all go smoothly. And then I get up and I usually do a little workout and then which just like a Pilates kind of yoga workout in mm-hmm. our spare room. And then I'm ready for the day. Yeah, that's crazy. It sound, your morning routine sounds so much like mine. Like, I always tell people when they're first starting out to not stress too much about ticking off everything all at once. Because I think people get stressed up. They're like, I haven't done, haven't, you know, haven't read my journal. I haven't read. I haven't, you know, drank my water and lemon. And I think people, the whole point in doing this is so that you have more calm and peace, not to stress yourself out more, right? So yeah, if you're first yeah, starting yeah. out and you haven't got one, then just kind of take it step by step and write down yeah. a few things that you would like to do and then try to, one or two on rotation and see what works for you. Um, yeah. The, I, I, you know, I don't do it all every day either. Like yeah. If I'm, if exactly. I'm in a rush, I'll just do a couple of uh-huh. dot points in the journal and that's it. Um, but my friend Mimi actually has a platform called Mimi Method and she has a morning routine oh, I program. Oh, Mimi Method actually. Yeah. Yeah, I her, her program. program's really good. It's a really good morning yeah. routine program if you've never done it before. So the listeners yeah, check, check it, out. it out. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And so it's funny that you mentioned the vision board because I always thought that was kind of more, I didn't really understand the concept behind it. And, you know, when we look at it's not like when we talk about law of attraction and it's, um, you know, what you see is going to come to you. But it's basically because I, I read a lot about neuroscience and about the brain and it talks about how creating a vision board actually primes your brain to be able to attract opportunities that are going to get you closer to what you are envisioning, essentially. So that's kind of the reason behind why it's so powerful. Um, it's so funny, your friend who had forgotten to put her husband or her partner on <laughs> Um, yeah it's crazy yeah so isn't it yeah so just a couple more questions that I have for you um Mm -hmm. when so I guess like this is quite interesting it's in the last you know two or three years what have you become better at saying no to like in terms of distractions and invitations it's probably not so relevant now in COVID but um this is more so from like a productivity perspective yeah um I have learned to say no to people and to brands you know I've learned not to commit to things that I know I don't want to do and that you know I honestly think it's the worst feeling to say I have to do this later and I just do not want to do it so don't don't say Mm. yes so a lot of like I don't know if people ask or they want me to help them with their brand and this and Mm -hmm. I don't even like the brand or I'm not friends with them sorry no Mm. like you just have to be selfish sometimes I think maybe in this podcast I've come across a little selfish by saying no a lot but oh it's just helped my mental health so much to have less on my plate and do things Mm. for me and yeah I I definitely prioritize myself and I often think as well like you don't have endless hours in the day so if you're going to commit to a lot of things how valuable is your time what else do you need Mm -hmm. to be getting done to get you closer to your goals because yeah you don't you don't want to be spending your whole time reaching other people's goals for them instead of helping your own so that's what I think and I love like I don't know if you read any of Tim Ferriss's stuff um no you know do you know the four-hour work week I don't know if you've heard of that. No. It's quite, 
It's like, he is insane. He's like one of the most, he's almost up there with like Joe Rogan, um, this, this book that oh he talks gosh, very I'm much gonna about. Read that. You have to read this. Um, it's like very much around escaping the night if I live anywhere and join the new rich. But obviously he talks a lot about productivity tools. And um, yeah, he talks about how he, he even has like a app which pauses his inbox. So he doesn't receive emails. Um, and he's like, if people really need me, they will call me, you know. Um, and yeah. so it's just all about automation and delegation. And, and that's how, because like distractions. And I'm reading this book called Limitless now by Jim Crip. And it's insane. It's talking about the four devils and like our society and essentially technology, and, you know, um, digital overload. So, yeah, super, super interesting. Wow. Mm. Oh my gosh, I will. Thanks so much for the recommendation. <laughs> You're welcome. So one last book for you, which is kind of on topic. If you could gift one book to someone, what would it be? So I was thinking about this and the book that I have been gifting to everyone is actually a journal. Um, mm -hmm. It is my to-do list journal. Uh, it's incredible. It's from oh, it's from CGD London. I'm just looking over there. That's the brand, and it's called the Getting Stuff Done. CGD. But it's just was that Career Girl Daily? I think I used to follow yes. them when I was living okay. in London. I'm gonna yeah, be honest been with you. Years. I good. I have a few problems with the company in general. Like often, you know, I, I place an order and it do, I pay, ugh, have paid for express shipping and, it, you know, it's not shipped out and with the mm -hmm. returns and stuff. I've just been a bit annoyed at them sometimes. So that's why I'm a little yeah. reluctant to kind of like shout out the company. Vouch for them, but yeah. the journal, honestly, it's, yeah, it's incredible, the journal, and I've gifted it to everyone. It's, it is my productivity hack for the day. It makes me feel so mm. good. It's, a great journal so even if it wasn't that one just a notepad a good notepad do you know Muji, mm -hmm. the brand yeah, yeah the best yeah. quality paper i literally have right here <laughs> yes exactly that's the one like even just a Muji journal but if we're talking about books i really like well i'm gonna be honest i'm halfway through the secret that's a good oh, book yeah. My sister has that. They actually have a Netflix show, which is really bad, by the way. But I think the book's better. Oh. Okay, I won't watch it then. Um, yeah, don't worry. It's like shockingly I, bad. But I appreciate the concept. I love, you know, like the 5 a.m. club and I have, I love uh, that. The my Morning Miracle. Book, yeah. So stuff like that, I really like. I'm honestly like halfway through 10, 15 books right now that I really need to choose which one I'm going to finish first. Yeah, totally. I think you literally sound like me. I have, I think I just have like an addiction for buying books and then not finishing them. But yeah, the 5am club, Same. I read that last year and it like totally, it's quite smart because it's written in the form of, it's like nonfiction, but in the form of fiction, it's like a story. So it makes you want to read it more. Yeah. Honestly. So yeah, good. I love it. And then you're like reading and you're enjoying the story and you're like, hey, that's such a good point. I yeah exactly <laughs> all right well i think that's um, a great way to end this conversation and pretty much sums up perfect you know a lot of things that we've talked about today and so i just want to say thank you so much for joining us on the show pia it was lovely to have you and thank you so your much for having me yeah and congratulations on getting married this year it's been a crazy year for you, thank you. um <laughs> but i think thank it's been so yes super insightful and really great advice to those listening at home thank you i just want to say thank you for being so honest and kind of transparent um 
I will put all the details in the show notes, including all the book recommendations. And I think you mentioned a few of the apps. I'm going to catch them from you again. Yeah, I'll send them um, to you. Yeah, 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 for sure. Sure. And yeah, we'll put them in the notes because um, I know a lot of people are listening to this while they're cleaning or driving or whatever. Um, and yeah, so if you're yeah. looking for more inspiration, there's, there's tons of other stories and interviews and resources for content creators and other business owners, just head over to anotherstartupstory.com. And you can find me on Instagram at another startup story. And you can find Pia at Pia. Pia Mance. You changed it to her new surname, so Pia Mance. All right. Well, thanks again yeah. so much for joining on the show. Feel free to drop by and say hi to any of us. Um, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>